0: This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead.
1: All right, friends, how's it going? Welcome back to Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead, and I'm very happy to be back with you today on this Monday, February the 6th, 2023. And uh, we are watching so many things being exposed right now as we speak. Uh, It seems like Hollywood and the media. Have nothing but shameless plugs for their satanic, twisted, and perverse ideology, which is interesting. And we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna dive deep into it. But before we do, I just want to make sure everybody's happy and comfy and all my streams are working. I've been having a few technical issues this morning. So hopefully everything is worked out and my streams coming through clear. Just gonna do a quick check on Rumble here, guys. So get nice and comfy think we are good. I think we are good. Let me just refresh that. So yeah, everybody's been obviously seeing all the things coming out all over social media right now, all these images of this latest performance that's going on. I'm just making sure. There we go. Yeah, we are good on Rumble. Hello, everybody. (laughs) SMR Patriot, the devil is alive and well in Hollywood. Yes, there's something going on. And so I wanted to, some of you, this is a refresher. Some of you, maybe this is new. We're just going to go through a few things to show you that there's a pattern of behavior that we're all noticing. Maybe I'm just pointing out the obvious, but I know I've always got new people coming in and checking out the show. And I think we need to keep these things fresh in our mind as we watch these events come out all over the mainstream and maybe we can decode what's really going on behind the scenes. And so I'm sure, let me just quickly... Give you, uh, obviously, a background of what we're talking about today. You just go over to my Twitter. Uh, I got this retweeted here. Isabella Marie DeLuca is saying, there's this super crazy conspiracy theory that the elites are satanic and are infiltrating every aspect of our life. (laughs) It's not as crazy anymore, is it? There's something weird going on over there. And we're going to find out just how weird it is. Uh, Tony had tweeted this out, same vibes. If it remembers Biden's weird stormtrooper red background speech. Uh, so many things that are coming out at once here. Let's see if I've got any other good ones. Oh yeah, we had, of course, the first lady walking around in tinfoil. As if that isn't the cherry on the cake for the mass mockery ritual that is that was happening over the Grammys. Like, what kind of a dress is that anyways? And I asked this question on my telegram. What sound does this dress make when she walks? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, just really quickly. Wanted to, you guys already know what's going on. So, I've got some clips and some things I want to get into because there's multiple facets to what I think is going on here. Namely, that this is signs of decline. And um, we have... A lot of history to look into of past empires, civilizations, countries that when they start going down this path of degrading the human being, degrading the family, um, degrading freedom, free speech, the whole thing, and then the any anything goes, you can be whatever you want, Moral relativism. There's no such thing as good and evil. It's all just everything's culture social constructs. We live in a fake simulated reality. On and on and on we go Uh, because this is a sign that you could look at it culturally or you could look at it conspiratorially. If we just look at it culturally, you know, you could listen to people like, actually, you know what? I got the clip here. We might as well just do it here. This one's a few minutes. I'm going to see if I can get the volume a little lower on the clip so I can hopefully add a little bit here, just a little bit lower. I'm sure many of you have seen this before, but we're going to do it anyways. Because we got to look at the context. So this is from Camille pa- Paglia. Paglia? I can never pronounce her last name. And she had this video a few years back, right when this culture war was really kicking off in like 2015, 2016. And it's interesting because Camille is a feminist writer, but she started to see, even in her own camp, that things were getting way out of hand. You know there's it's one thing to fight for women's rights, and it's another thing to be promoting this Tavistock Institute uh, you know cultural Marxism agenda. And so she's pointing out some things here about the whole transgender mania thing where you have it being blown up, this hypersexualization. And that's always the question is when it becomes hypersexualized, it's no longer about just accepting different people from you. To me, that's, that's the how you look at that, right? That's a good way to look at it. But she's got some interesting comments about signs of decline and how this has happened in history. So I don't know how much of this I'm going to play, but it's really interesting, and it's going to help with some of the context of what we're going to get into. So let's, let's take it away here.
2: Weird, despite that, about the transgender question, right? There is something going on that's beyond the very the, the sort of liberation of fluidity, something else seems to have happened. Where many young people in this country now, there's a the percentage increase in the number registering for clinical interventions on uh, transgender questions has increased enormously. There's a certain fashion in schools of, of some sort and it's a nerve-wracking business if you're going to get no platformed in this country at university you know German Greer like regardless of what one thinks of German Greer the point is you only have to t- t- touch on this question Ian McEwen, who is completely right on liberal uh, uh novelist dared to say the slightly wrong thing and suddenly he's he, he he's kind of has to apologize and is kind of ridiculed and shamed. So I don't wanna get you to say anything you don't believe, but I'm interested in it because I want to be for liberation. I'm not gonna stop anyone dressing how they will, but there's something weird about lots of young women wanting to be young men and lots of young men wanting to be women. I don't feel as though it's a great step forward myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Those? Well, <laughs> I, I say in the introduction to my, you know, to my new book, my new collection, my particular transgender um, rebellion came at a time when um, there, there wasn't this, uh, these ideas in the air that the, that, the, that the moment you are dissatisfied with the limitations of your present gender definition, uh, that there is a, a, a this enormous mechanism waiting to alter your body, um, to 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 halt puberty, to sl- slow your puberty down, to. Uh, um, uh, uh, people uh, all very well-meaning and very sympathetic are there to, to provide um uh surgical uh intervention into and in, in potential uh you know permanent changes in your body with which there's no going back okay? I mean, I, I, for me um you know a a, a trans a, a, a sex change operation um opens one door but closes many others right? so I, I, I i personally believe that um, Anyone who, um, who, uh, who collaborates in an in in intrusion into a developing child's body and mind is guilty of child abuse, a crime against humanity, okay, because that child is not prepared to make such a decision. Okay. I, I, I think that such such decisions about sex reassignment surgery must wait um, it, it, when one attains a majority, which would be it seems to me a minimum of, of age 18. Uh, I'm I'm very concerned with this because I think. I think that um it's become a fashion, okay? Uh, that that uh, that uh, the transgender uh, definition has become a kind of convenient label for young people who may simply feel alienated, okay, culturally for many other reasons. Okay, so that in the 1950s they might have become a Beatnik, in the 1960s they might have become a hippie and taken uh, you know, mind-expanding drugs. Okay, and so today you're encouraged to think that your it's an alienation is because you're. Not uh, totally defined, uh, uh, identifying with the, your particular inherited gender uh, definition. Um, so I, I'm I'm very concerned about this. I think that a lot of it, uh, I think that that the uh, collaboration of the bureaucratic machinery with it has to do with the assault on masculinity. Okay. Ah. Mm. Okay. So, so you see, transi- the gender doesn't really exist. It's not really po- polarity. I mean, it's it, it, everything's all about expanding women's rights, but also terminating men. Okay. And and defining men. Out of existence, masculinity is by definition toxic. Masculinity doesn't exist. And you see, this is this is the proof of it. But Now, I began my, all my studies. My, my book, Sexual Personae, began as a dissertation at Yale graduate school on androgyny. I've always been fascinated, attracted, you know, to the subject of androgyny, uh, and, and that's what Sexual Personae is. I explored it in history, but the, the more I explored it, I realized that um, that historically. This, uh, this, uh, the movement toward androgyny occurs in late phases of culture, okay, as a, as a, a civilization is starting to uh, unravel. Okay, and that, that you can find it again and again and again through history in the in, in the in the Greek art. Okay, you can you can see it happening. All of a sudden, okay, there's a, there's a kind of uh, you know the, the the sculptures of of, um, of uh, handsome nude young men athletes that used to be very robust. Okay, in the archaic period, suddenly begin to seem like wet noodles. Okay, uh, toward the end. Okay, and, uh, and that and that the people who 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 live in such periods, the late phase of culture. Whether it's, it's the Hellenistic era, whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's it's uh, the mauve decade of Oscar Wilde in the 1890s, whether it's in Weimar Germany, people who live in such times, okay, feel that um, they're very sophisticated, they're very cosmopolitan. Okay, and homosexuality, heterosexuality, so what? Anything goes, and so on. All right, and so, and but but we, from the perspective of, of historical distance, okay, you can see that it's a culture that no longer believes in itself. Okay, and then and, and then what you what you invariably get are, are you know are, are are people who are. Convinced of the power of heroic masculinity, okay, on the edges, whether they're the Vandals and the Huns, okay, or whether, or whether they're the barbarians of ISIS, okay, you see them, you know, starting to mass on the outsides of the culture. And that's what we have right now. That there is a tremendous uh, and, and, and rather terrifying disconnect between the infatuation with the transgender movement on, in, in our own culture and what's going on out there, okay. Right? And so, so, I mean, that's why i I'm concerned. I feel it's ominous. Okay, I, I, I question whether uh, the transgender uh, choice is um, indeed genuine in every every single case, uh, but what again what concerns me is when uh, well-meaning uh, adults you know believe that they're helping people uh, by by making the easier uh, some permanent
1: change in the body from which there is no going back. So I'll cut it there. Uh, Sorry guys, it was a few minutes, but it's just, she, she had to have her make that point. Okay. I'm sure you guys are aware of this. If not, you can go watch the whole interview and there's so much on this. Um, I was going to save this towards the end, but we might as well just do it here. If you really understand this from at least that perspective to start, where you look at the historical references she's talking about, about late stage of the civilization, when the civilization is in decline, you start to see everything morphing into everything else. And what you're losing is the distinctions. You're losing the boundaries that used to be there that would be the healthy things, the healthy pillars of, of the foundation that would preserve uh, a country, a nation, a culture, a, a healthy culture. And when it gets into the la la, anything goes and it gets more perverse as, as time goes on, You're going to see a decline in freedom. You're going to see a a decline in quality. You're going to see a decline in beauty. And you're definitely going to see a decline in virtue. And so I just wanted to put that background before we get into the whole satanic thing. Because you could look at a lot of these academics just seem to favor looking at history as this ebb and flow of a natural progression where humanity goes through a bit of psychosis and then back to some kind of normalcy and then a bit of psychosis and then back to... And you could just read it all like that, that there's nothing controlling it, guiding it. There are no social engineers. There are no cultural engineers. There is no propaganda. There is no conspiratorial action happening. There are no ancient secret dark cults working behind the scenes. You can just eliminate all that and just take on that academic worldview. And we'd still be in a decent conversation about the fact that we're all witnessing the decline of our civilization and it's obvious and it's becoming more obvious by the day. So for those of you out there who don't like to think conspiratorially, who want to ignore the whole entire history of everything I brought out in films like cult of the medics and the other work that I've done here and on *Unslaved*, et cetera, you can go right ahead and you could just stop there and we could still be on the same uh, side of an analyzing this and realizing there's a fundamental problem here. And our culture is being, run by people that have that ideology that she's talking about on in many different ways. She was only just hitting on a little bit of it, but in many different ways, look at what's coming out of Hollywood. Look what's coming out of the music industry. Look what's coming out of the culture now. And when we're talking about Grammys and all these crazy events, these big public, I call them mass ritual events. You can call them what you want, but we have the crowd coming in leaving their individuality at the door, leaving their critical thinking at the door. They're there for the bread and circuses. Hollywood knows how to deliver. The music industry knows how to deliver. And when they start delivering, see, it used to be a little more subtle back in the 80s and the 90s, subtle. Little, little deviations from some of the standard moral values and family values and cultural values that were, were the basis of founding free nations and a free civilization. Uh, when you see the movement away from that towards perversion and it's getting worse and worse and worse, we're not at the point where it's not just, you know, someone putting a little bit of sexuality in the media, which could be tolerated to a degree, right? It's not just that anymore. It is full blown snuff films put to theatrical production quality in front of your children's faces. Like that's where we're at now. So, the signs of decline. I just want to establish that the signs of decline are here. This is one of those signs. And then we could go to the next phase of this and just talk about it in terms of sort of a psychology, you know, to, to, maybe she, she had a few things that she said that was interesting. She's like, if we would have been in a different time, the same types of people would have gravitated towards the hippie movement and Woodstock or would have gravitated to any kind of rebellion against the status quo. It's just pick your age, pick your country. It was the same in Mao's China, right? That whole process of degrading the previously uh, established Chinese culture to bring in the new cultural revolution. The cultural revolution is the favorite place to play for socialists and Marxists and communists and totalitarians because they know how to stir up the masses unleash the discontents and the malcontents or unleash the nihilists, as Albert Pike had written, allegedly, uh, where you you get them out there behind the pulpits and at the schools and teaching in universities and being on the media and writing the newspapers and writing the books and basically creating the culture through the techniques of propaganda as broken down by people like Edward Bernays. Um, and when you take that into consideration with what we learned about the crowd psychology, when I did this in my latest chapter of Cult of the Medics, chapter nine, really getting into the work of Gustav LeBon and many others who laid down the foundation of how the crowd mind works and how, and what I was doing was showing that that also can be manipulated and co opted and even generated, right? So, Now, when you think about it on the psychological level, there's types of people that gravitate towards these kinds of behaviors, towards this kind of content. They're already looking for it. They just don't know where they're looking until Hollywood goes, Oh, you you need an outlet for that inner rage, envy, you know, all that, all that twisted stuff going on inside of you. You need an outlet for that. We're going to put an absolute, circus, a museum of this, we're going to put a whole stage production 24 seven for you to outlet that onto. And then eventually they know that's not enough. It starts to wear out. So then these people get into the activist groups and they want to now turn the world into this. Um, some of it's unknowing, some of it's, you know, with a full knowledge of what they're doing, but there's what I thought, what I was thinking as she's bringing that up is that she's identifying that there's types of people that tend to go to those uh, types of ideologies, right? And there's degrees to that. Okay. There's degrees to these layers of consciousness. I think it all, it's all rooted in trauma and there's there needs to be an outlet or a compensatory mechanism when uh, you know, and there's a lot of definitions of what trauma could have been that leads to this kind of sort of degenerate behavior, as we would call it, um, where it's, it's starting to get anti-human. It's when you watch these performances at the Grammys and, and others, you're seeing a sort of disdain for beauty, a disdain for the human body, a disdain for wholeness, virtue, um, and all these different things, right? You're seeing a mockery take place and it's, it's very rude and very crude. And this was also very well known amongst the elites in the Soviet Union and other places. If you read the book by Kerry Bolton, The Psychotic Left, he's doing a sort of analysis of when, you know, the right can go psychotic, the left can go psychotic. I'm not here to talk about the political spectrum. I've done that before. But he's just laying out, here's the track record of these utopians, these utopian leaders that have led people to slaughter, starvation, and death, and mass death, and war, right? Always with the sales pitch of we're saving, we're upgrading, we're doing away with the old fogey traditions, and we're bringing in a new revolution. Like these are the types, your Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, Adolf Hitler, Stalin, name your, you know, Idi Amin, uh, Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau, Klaus Schwab, doesn't matter. It's all the same typology of person arguing with the exact same argument of selling you utopia, but it's always based on destroying the old and bringing in the new. And a lot of that cultural perversion that we're seeing is rooted in this type of ideology, which is attracted to certain types of people that are in a certain psychological condition. That makes sense. Okay. The lights are off. Nobody's home. These are the people that love totalitarianism. They feel safe in the, light, the, the lights and the flashing and the big ritual performances and the crowd and all that. They love that. So they're already sort of a drawn to it, moth to a flame. And then the actual programming starts to gnaw at that person and wear them down to even lower levels than they otherwise would have been. Maybe they're just a young person. They're kind of discontented with life. They're still trying to seek meaning and value with who they are. And and they're seeing all this confusion with um, all this mixing of cultures and ideas. And it's so confusing for anybody to latch on to anything anymore. So they're just lost at sea. All right, You could have that kind of person. Who, when given the right influences and the right um, inspirations, right, taught by the right teacher, shown the right kind of information, shown their value, shown their um, their true nature, the true nature of themselves, they could have been rescued from that way of thinking. But with a culture that's weaponized like it is. Because I don't believe this is all just a natural flow and ebb and flow. I think this is a lot of it is guided because there are people that realize at the top that this is actually profitable. This keeps everybody dumbed down and it makes people easier to control. Makes people more malleable. And if you had a project that was to destroy Western civilization to build a one-seasoned world global village technocracy run by an elite tiny few that would never answer to anybody and would basically be able to seize control over land, resources, and wealth, um, then you would want to create something that would allow you to to control the people that live on the land, live near the resources, and create the wealth. And if you can bring people away from what brings strength to an individual, to a family, to a neighborhood, to a community, to a country, or to a world, if you can strip that, you're leaving people out there in a state of chaos where now – It's easy to take advantage of and then direct the culture and direct the movement of that civilization towards an agenda that suits what you want. Right? So, just really quickly on that, if I'm thinking about the types of people I would say at the top of this in Hollywood in these media organizations, like behind the curtain, the people that write the 4 a.m. talking points of the media, the people that create and draft what the new fashions are going to be, the people that script what these Hollywood celebrities who are just circus animals doing what they're told and they're programmed as well, and they probably have handlers, like we're going to get into all that, um, that they're going to communicate a message coming from who? Who's scripting it? Well, I'm telling you, here's at least a little people into the type of person we're dealing with. And again, there's degrees of it. There's the whole 100% psychopath, sadist, megalomaniacal, narcissist type, psychic vampire on steroids, there's that like 100% and then it goes down from 100 to 90 to 80 to 70 right down to maybe 10%. So when I do these definitions, this isn't me saying everybody is all that 100%. It's it's a small few that are ruthless enough to be able to stay at the top of a cutthroat industry like the entertainment or media industry. And then it filters down from there. And they become really good at doing something that everybody who's ever done sales knows, which is that you're, you are you need to create, you need to be duplicatable. You need a program. If you want to sell something by yourself, that's great. But if you want a sales team, you need to make things easy for that team to be able to basically become copies of you. Like if you're a really good salesman, you have a really good successful sales pitch. You want to be able to have something easily duplicatable by your team so that they can be little versions of you and and achieve the same success, right? So if that works in sales and that's just an amoral thing, that's not good or bad. That's just a technique, okay? But just take that technique and apply it to people who are these megalomaniacal sadist psychopaths. In order for them to create the world they want, which is a world that's reflecting the inner state of where they're at, right? Don't forget. They need to create an easily duplicatable model that they can recruit people into at different degrees of that spectrum of, because not everybody they're going to recruit into this is going to be the full blown primary psychopath that just doesn't give a shit, right? Like you need to have degrees. So that's why there's degree ceremonies in these, some of these cults. Um, but really quickly to show you this, you can check out, I mean, this is just for research purposes. I'm not recommending this book because I'm like, oh, this book is just so amazing. It's by the Marquis de Sade, for crying out loud. Okay, And de Saad, he that name, the Marquis de Sade, is one of the origins of the name sadist. <laughs> okay. And he wrote a book called the 120 days of Sodom. And we are not reading this book today. I'm just pointing it out as a source. If you want to get if you want to have a peephole into the mind of one of these psychopaths and get an idea of what's behind all the stuff we're seeing out of Hollywood and in the media today, you can start here just to just as a criminal psychologist who's analyzing somebody who comes from this type of thinking. Okay, I just wanted to point that out. And then sadism. Let's just kind of go through this really quick. This is just from Britannica. There's so much written on this. You can go and read more on it, but just a quick uh, definition of how they look at it in psychology. Okay? Sadism is a psychosexual disorder in which sexual urges are gratified by the infliction of pain on another person. The term was coined by the late 19th century German psychologist Richard von Kraftenberg in reference to the Marquis de Sade an 18th century French nobleman who chronicled his own such practices. And that's what that book I showed you is all about. It's pretty disgusting. Sadism is often linked to masochism in which sexual arousal results from receiving pain and many individuals respond in either role. The sadist, however, often seeks a victim who is not a masochist as some of the sexual excitement derived from the victim's unwillingness. So that's where they get it. They get it from the thrill of the hunt the thrill of inflicting cruelty is actually a sexual turn on. That's what we're dealing with. I know this is disgusting, but we need to, we need a profile of the enemy here. Okay. So we can explain this. So the level and extent of sadistic violence may vary considerably from infliction of mild pain and otherwise harmless love play to extreme brutality, sometimes leading to serious injury or death. (laughs) Just think of people like Jeffrey Dahmer, for example, the satisfaction of the sadist may not result from inflicting actual physical pain, but rather from the mental suffering of the victim. So this kind of gets into the sociopathic type. You know, the you probably work with people like this. You probably know people like this. You've probably been in relationships with people like this who seem to get off of inflicting emotional pain and trauma on you. Have you ever encountered some of these people? So again, there's degrees of it. But what, what's, what I'm trying to point out is this particular psychological condition or However, you want to define the reason of it is that there is a sexual turn on by inflicting pain, by living in filth, by degrading everything it is to be a human being, uh, by torturing others, whether it's emotional abuse or physical abuse, and it leads to those next layers of psychopathy. Okay. So sexual urges may limit the level of violence, but in some cases, the aggressive impulse becomes predominant and the sadist progresses to a more extreme expressions of his violent tendencies. Sadism may be a factor in some violent crimes, particularly rape and murder. And the term sadism is occasionally used outside of the sexual context to describe individuals who are purposely cruel or who seem to derive pleasure from humiliating and dominating others in social situations. Ever met any of these clowns? They're running all over the place, Okay. Trust me, the doors of the insane asylums have been open for some time now. So in this context, some milder forms of sadism are relatively more acceptable, such as the use of humiliating sarcasm as a conversational tool. So it's a matter of degree, guys. I just wanted to show this to you. You can dive into it. There's reams of books and literature on this subject that you can learn about. We cover a lot of these different conditions and play around with different theories on it on the unslaved project. But just want to give you the profile, and it's only one of many different things we could get into on that, okay? So as we watch the Grammys, we're trying to go, what in the actual F is wrong with these people? Who thinks this is entertainment? Who loves this? And not just the people on the stage, mind you. What about the cheering fans in the audience? That's another question we have to address. See, because people, groups like Hollywood and all of this are out of business the minute they don't have any subscribers, the minute they don't have any cheering fans. So if you notice how there's been an increasing push for gratuitous sexual sexual stuff and violence in the media and in the movies, okay, it's okay to a certain degree, but when you see it so gratuitously injected everywhere possible, including on children's shows, YouTube kids, Disney, et cetera, you're either seeing the reflection of all of those movie producers and directors and writers being played out literally an IMAX 3D for your kids and your family uh, if you watch that stuff. Or this is part of an agenda to bring they know all the stuff I'm talking about, some of the that there could be the idea that there's these cultural engineers, there's these string pullers that are utilizing Hollywood and the Grammy Awards and these different industries to create this fall of Western civilization through the degradation of the culture. So one is it's a natural ebb and flow. We can get into the psychology and the reasons why we can look at history, but we can also look at it in the conspiratorial sense and say, this might be guided and managed because we're seeing so much of it over a long period of time. And it's, I think it's a bit of both. Let's just, let's keep it open. Okay. Did I have anything more on that? Let me just quickly. Um, Oh, I just wanted to quickly reference the Frankfurt School. That's the one I wanted to add as well, not just the Tavistock Institute. That's a good one to research. But uh, the Frankfurt School. Get into the history of the Frankfurt School with Gramsci and um, uh, Marcuse. We've done whole programs on this on enslaved as well. Um, Where you can get into their psychology. You can read their writings and you can start to notice the patterns in history in a lot of these different uh, political regimes you can see that it's very sexually promiscuous and everything's you can be whatever you want and you get the cross dressing with hitler and all his guys and you get all the and the drug use and the you know just the defiling of the human of the human being in every possible way and then the projection of that onto the culture via propaganda so, uh, But Frankfurt School is a great place to look. This would be the origin of your cultural Marxism and all that stuff that infiltrated the academic circles in the West first because it's a long march through the institutions if you want to uh, destroy a free civilization and create a chaotic civilization that's easier to control. And remember that on a psychological level, these people that are a part of this, even the people at the top, that are, if they are orchestrating it or not, Um, they themselves are in that mindset. They are in that state of being. And so obviously everything they create is going to be a reflection of the empty vessel that they are inhabiting that is now soulless because they haven't activated what that soul is. And they are now trying to create the world in their image. So when you see Hollywood directors running this stuff, when you see CBS News pumping this stuff out, with their all-seeing eye, and you see these, ho- these celebrities and the fashion moguls and all the screaming fans just raving over this literal snuff-like pornography that we're getting as now just halftime shows and Grammy award ceremonies and stuff like that, um, what you're seeing is a reflection of the, the type of people that have become themselves perverted. But I think it goes even deeper than that, my friends. So let's get into that. I'm going to play a couple clips here. Let me start over here. Which one should we begin with? Let me just make sure. Um, okay, this is labeled number one. Let's just play this video. I can't remember which clip it is, and then I'll come back to you here.
0: When you first come into the music industry, you've got to take the oath. There is no if fans about it. You're going to take the oath. Just because you get a recording contract don't mean you are part of the elite. you just on the recording contract, and yes, you have to take the oath whenever you get a contract, but you're not necessarily a part of the elite because you're not making any money. The people who are, are a part of the elite and do blood sacrifices to get to where they are, they've been hand-chosen. And they told, they have went to them and say, look, we believe that you can be an asset to our fans. Are you willing to be a part of the family? We can put you at the 20 million marker. We can put you at the 30 million marker. And you'd be like, well, what do I have to do?
4: Of course, you're uncertain, Cal. Naturally, so was I until I met him. But now imagine, if you can, a life without uncertainty, freedom from doubt, the ability to choose, single mindedness. One life from each of us, Cal, is all he has. And he rewards our devotion a thousandfold. Personal desires? Oh, yes, of course, anything. That's a part of it. It's only the beginning. There was a time, Cal, when man was at one with the gods. Before the fall. Now we're at one again. Cal. Cal. We want you to join us.
5: They give you a taste of the good life. You know, you get, they take you on uh, private vacations to isolated islands. Or you get the, the penthouse suites and hotels. You get yachts, private jets, shopping trips. They lavish you with gifts. They make it look like it's the good life. This is the good life. Join us. You can have anything you want. You are a God. You can have the world. So that's what they tell them. They don't tell them the small writing. And so people get, get infatuated by the luxury and the lavishness of being, wow, running elbows with the rich. The rich and the elite. You're on private jets and yachts and islands. The good life. They're treated very well. And then they join. They decide, okay, I'm going to join. I'm going to join with you guys you start moving through the levels and you realize, hey, wait a minute, I, this isn't what I signed up for. Because then you start learning the ghastly truth of Satanism. And then when you get in, it's rituals. These these groups are, are huge. There could be 100, 200 people at a gathering. They meet on estates in, in people's mansions, often on a... a Friday or Saturday night, so it looks like the person's having a, a party, maybe. They meet in churches on Saturdays, underneath Catholic churches, uh, for rituals. One of the biggest things you give up is any kind of humanity. It's nothing but about humiliation and degradation. You want more, you have to give more. You have to give up everything about human. what makes you human. And they all don't sit around in their black robes. That's so Hollywood. Because in all these rituals, a the big part of them is the orgies that take place. They all take their clothes off. They're all doing drugs.
1: pretty dark stuff I know and that just you know that was the PG version from that clip I took it from a just a documentary clip that I found on Rumble that um was getting into it it gets much more disgusting cuz they start to go in detail into the actual stuff that they do um you know so when you see mockery versions of some of this disgusting things in music videos like I can't remember the name of the guy that's featured in this Grammys thing let's not even bring the attention to these people that they want because just so you know they they don't mind the negative attention sadists and sociopaths and degenerates love any kind of attention that you can give them so we're in a bit of a catch-22 because on one sense we want to expose them we want to expose this stuff but in another sense they're still getting kicks by just getting attention so just keep that in mind so I kind of I show it so that you know but we don't need to go too deep into it um, in order to understand just how disgusting it is, I think you guys have figured that all by yourselves, but it, it's, it's very, the whole point is degradation. And I, they kept, I kept looking through some of these old files and stuff that I had on satanic stuff. Um, and degradation is a theme that comes up all the time. And it brought me back to the Stanford prison experiment where, or was it the, no, it was the, yeah, it was Stanford prison experiment where they were talking about how one of the features of the experiment was to put these fake prisoner inmates who are sort of playing a role against the guards to put them all through a quote degradation ritual. Like that literally was part of the test It was part of the experiment. <laughs> and yet that's actually a feature in some of these ancient cults. And, The reason they're doing that is to to degrade your humanity. You see, you're not going to go sign up for a cult if you are full of all the nutrients that you need to be a loving, thriving, freedom-loving, strong, virtuous, moral human being that's rooted, that's grounded, right? That kind of a person has zero desire to control other people because they're in full control of themselves, so why do they need to control other people? They, they never developed the need to control other people. They have a healthy relationship with nature, so they don't need to try to control nature and control the weather and control everything. They don't have that need in them because they have a healthy relationship with nature. They don't see it as something to be controlled. They see it as something to have a relationship with as a human being. Uh, so you see what I mean? They have to this is why the target is the young with this cultural attack. And this is a war that we're in. This is why when we say it's an information war, we're not just trying to be cute. It literally is because if they can manage the information that's making it into your mind and start to create a, a hole inside of you where you need to be filled, then you're going to be one of the raving fans of pick your cult. There's nothing but cults running the world nothing but cults running around masquerading as the saving grace and the solution and all this kind of stuff. But it ends up being an inauthentic fake version of what you're seeking because you have the ability to give yourself all the meaning in this life that you want. But if you don't do that and these guys are crafty and they know how to manipulate weaknesses in you or traumas in you or fears in you or sexual perversions in you or whatever it is, then they'll say, come to us, join our group. No, it's always a collectivistic thing. Join the cult. We're the top of the food chain. We run this shit. If you want to be on TV and you want to be on all the ads and you want to be a success and follow your dreams, all that we ask is that you kneel. Kiss the signet ring. And you may have to do a couple sacrifice blood rituals and stuff and wear some hoods and do some freaky hanky panky with some very weird people. Uh, and you're just like at that point it's too late because now they've got dirt on you, you're compromised, this black it's run by blackmail, you know. So what I'm saying is that if you're in, if you have a spiritual and psychological immune system, you're not open for attack. You're not vulnerable for these attacks but your children are because they're still developing that just as their physical immune system is developing their psychological and spiritual immune system is developing, which is why the young are the target by this cultural war because they're trying to chop off the potential of each child so that they don't grow up into a self actualized, empowered Individual that can think for themselves and that don't need to join cults and don't need to go on social media and brag about and alter their features and get into this war of competing with everybody else. If you fill your children with the right ingredients of the knowledge of who they are, a healthy relationship with their mother, their father, their family, their friends, their environment, their nature, their God, their creator, whatever, you know, you're educating them on the virtues, the morals, the history. You're you're giving them all of that. They're not going to be the ones lining up for the latest cult or to sign on for the next latest thing. So that just have to make that clear, that this actually gives us the knowledge of how to fight this war. Is you start with yourself, and then you try to influence these kids in a positive way so that they're not caught in that wheel of the TikTok YouTube algorithm driving you towards this absolutely sick, twisted snuff pornography that is passing as entertainment and art these days, which is just, it's only attractive to people who are already dead inside. So fill your children with life and light and truth and virtue and freedom and strength and self-esteem, and how to protect themselves, and how to be aware of danger, but not obsessively paranoid of it. You know what I mean? To give them the balancing of their psyche and their body and their mind so that they can actually navigate this. Otherwise, the enemy of freedom, truth, beauty, and all all of these things that we love, they're experts. They own the playing field of how to pull you and pull your kids into this trap so that they can be programmed. This is basically mass MK Ultra, mass ritual abuse done by sadists who get a kick out of it. And that's foreign to people like us. What I'm telling you right now, and I'm sure some of the stuff you've heard me talk about on my show, or if you've watched my series or anything else, or other people's great work on this, you're sitting there every day going, I just don't understand why these people are into this crap. Why are they doing music videos where they're pretending to like literally like piss on somebody's face? Why is that like art now, right? It's all hypersexualized. Why are the men all women? Why are the women all men? Now we're not even using those terms. We're just like, it's a thing. It's not even a, a we can't even define it. We don't even know what that is. Fully grown, old, elderly men dressed as babies and stuff. Every other video clip of Joe Biden is him sniffing some kid. And there's no question by the media on that yet. We're, we need to go after tax returns and we need to make sure you're wearing your mask and make sure you're getting your jabs and all this stuff. And, but you, you know, like it's, you can see the contradiction because nothing's making sense because it's being run by sadists who don't think like you or me. They don't have the moral compass. They don't want beauty in the world they envy beauty they hate beauty that's what this is where the sexual perversion starts is a hatred of the natural order of things a hatred of real beauty so you have to make the whole world ugly otherwise you're not fitting in you're the one you're the odd man out and that's why it's all about equality see esoterically behind that term equality which is just the carrot on the stick. Always has been, always will. Because they're manipulating your virtue and using it against you. Because you want, you want to help uplift those who need help. That's what a good person would do, right? But wait till you understand the opposite of that equation, which is they go, no, no, this isn't about lifting people up. This is about bringing people down so that they're just like us. Empty, empty. Zombie bodies walking around controlled by AI. That's what they are. Controlled by beliefs. Controlled by their own perversions. Their own sickness. These people are sick. Literally, physically, metaphysically. It's a sickness. But they're trying to spread the real contagion, which is this. And the battlefield is your mind and your children's mind. So this is what we need to go through this stuff to unpack it. So we know how this enemy thinks. And actually I'll, I'll say this really quick. Cause somebody brought up a good point on my Twitter and they're saying, are you not feeding this by sharing it? Like, cause I shared the Sam, what's the guy's name? Sam something. I don't know. I shared the guy's video. Cause I'm like, look at this shit. It's like, aren't you feeding it? And I actually agree with that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right to point that out that we're feeding it. Cause these people, are narcissists, so they'll take any attention they can get. Negative, positive, doesn't matter. But I said, on the other side, my job as a content creator in this space is to try to find a balanced way to simultaneously expose it and point out the patterns so that we can have a greater awareness of what we're really up against. And only when you understand what you're really up against can any solution come out of it, right? So that's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is to not give these guys the platform that they would love. They don't care about negative attention. They know that this clip of the Grammys is going super viral right now. And most of it's being spread by people from our side who think it's absolutely grotesque and perverted. So I'm of two minds of it. But that's not going to stop me from sharing it. It just means, okay, I have to think about the way that I'm going to share it the way that I'm going to talk about it. I think that's really what it boils down to. So you guys let me know what you think on that. But we're here talking about this to not promote it, but to promote the connections. This is for people that are researching this so that we have a proper, accurate profile of who exactly we're dealing with and why they are the way that they are and why they're doing what they're doing. If you don't have that knowledge, you're not going to win that battle. I'm sorry. So we got to balance it out. Now, really quickly, I have to bring him up once again because he called this out in the 80s and 90s, my friends. Let's hear a quick little one-minute clip from the great former FBI Director of Los Angeles, uh, Ted Gunderson, because he was already talking about this many, many years ago. So go ahead, Ted.
4: Investigated the Oklahoma City bombing case. Huge cover-up. Jack Kennedy's assassination, huge cover-up. Bobby Kennedy's assassination, huge cover-up. World Trade Center, huge cover-up. Okay, terrorism. They're using it as an excuse to take away our constitutional rights and our civil liberties. The Bilderbergs, the Illuminati, Bilderberg, New World Order, globalists, are the element behind this. It dovetails into the Satanic movement, and this movement has infiltrated into our intelligence community, the once great FBI and the CIA. I have, in the past, had personal contact.
1: So then he gets into his personal experience on it, but notice what he did there, okay? Okay. And this goes out to people who are maybe new to understanding that there's an unfolding global criminal agenda that's happening, okay? Welcome. Um, A lot of us tend to think compartmentally. It's a normal function of our left brain. And so we see something, we put it in a compartment, and we file it away. And then we see a different thing, we put it in a different compartment, and we file it away. And we get all these file folders, kind of like my notes on my notepad, I have uh, the notes app and I have all these categories of all the subjects and I just, co- I'm a collector. I'm a, that's what it really, what I am. I'm a collector. I collect arguments, theories, ideas, information, research, because it's my project of just trying to get a handle on the like, crazy world we live in. Um, and so that's how the mind works, but there's a strength to it when you know how to use it properly, but there's a weakness to it in the fact that then you start to see things as isolated instances and events always. Now, in many cases, they are isolated instances and events. But in other cases, like what I believe we're going to be looking at today, and again, this is just my view, my theory, I'll leave it up to you to f- figure out if you think it's all connected or not, but in my view, all of these things are connected. When we're talking about Epstein Island, elite pedophilia, Boys Town University, all these experiments, the mind control operations, the cult stuff, Um, you know, and, and all these different things, that's not separate from the geopolitical agenda, the world economic forum, all of these other things, the, the cultural war that we're facing right now. That's not, it's not separate. And what he's pointing out there, he's saying, he's bringing up Bilderberg, he's bringing up, you know, some of the classics, JFK, Oklahoma City, World Trade Center. I, I'm not sure if he was talking about 9-11 there or if he was talking about the original World Trade Center attack. Either way, uh, they probably both need to be investigated. Some of these major events, okay? But then he goes, but that stuff, all that political corruption, the trillions of dollars that goes missing from the Pentagon, nobody knows where it is. You know, how many more have to come true? You know, Watergate, um, You know, all these things. That's not disconnected from the satanic movement, as he calls it. Okay? And I'm not going to mince words today, guys. We can get into the definition of Satanism and these occult groups, and everybody has their spin on it. Look, just very simply, people who are self-murdered individuals... Who are empty within and are seeking some kind of power because they don't have any internal power, so they automatically seek external power. That's really what it is. It's the religion of power, it's the cult of power. But it's it's not authentic earned power that they're after. These are the betas and thetas and below. Like these are the these are the discontents, these are the degenerates, these are the people who are deeply traumatized and they're riddled with fear, anxiety, and of course, envy and all of these other things, they're attracted to these types of dark, twisted stuff. They're they're already on that borderline of the sadism mindset, and then it just grows over time. Whatever name you want to give it, however you want to look at it from any religious lens or non-religious lens. It doesn't really matter because we're all sitting in the same room identifying that evil exists in the world. We're watching it play out right now and we're all trying to find the cause of it and the solution to it. So hopefully we don't get lost in the terms here, okay? So they call, and also we have to look at, the reason Ted Gunderson is calling it a satanic conspiracy is because that's what they call it, at least on the lower levels. You talk to the people that are really, they're insiders and they know what they're talking about. They're like, yeah, that's just breadcrumbs for our recruitment program. At the top, we're not that, we're not amateur hour. <laughs> they're into far more ancient stuff, okay? That's what they would say. That's just what, that's just from me reading their own writings over these years and learning from these people uh, who've exposed it. And Ted Gunderson was one of them. And he started finding this by, showing up in investigations, murder scenes, and it ended up, these aren't your typical murders. These are ritual murders. So when you start diving into the world of ritual murder and you cross that over with people like Maury Terry, who I've referenced, I put a clip of him in chapter nine as well to kind of get into his exposure of the process church of the final judgment, um, the 44 caliber killer, Sam Berkowitz, and some of these other, you know, um, who am I thinking of? Charles Manson, some of these other groups. That he was saying, Maury Terry was saying it's all interconnected. Those aren't separate serial killers, just off lone gunmen taking people out. There's a there's a connection to a satanic network that originated from England and came over to America, you know, early on. Established roots here built a bunch of splinter cells, started recruiting people into it. And that's why there's a whole spat of all these crazy serial killers like Gacy and all these guys coming out in the 70s, 80s, be like 60s, 70s, 80s specifically was a huge thing that led up to something called the satanic panic, which everybody in the mainstream is going to deny and deny and deny. Um, But just look at the state of Hollywood. Clearly, that didn't get snuffed out. It only grew. So Ted Gunderson's telling you there's a connection between all these political, all this political espionage and intrigue and corruption and crime and all that, and these satanic cult groups. And that's a similar argument that I'm making in my cult of the medics, where I'm saying, yeah, you got your corruption in big pharma where they're all just out to earn some money or not earn it. They're just out to grab some money and sell stuff that's gonna keep them in business long-term, which means you being healthy and free of disease is not compatible with their business model. So we could all understand that particular thing on that level. But I am telling you in this series is dovetailing into the satanic cult network as well. Call it what you want. We'll just use that as a label, right? So there he is just breaking down that there's, it's all connected. Now, Really quickly here, I'm not sure how long this clip is. This is um, we'll go as long as it needs to because I want him to get the point across. Christopher Lee, the actor, you ever heard of this guy? Phenomenal actor, he has been in so many great films. If you want to know real quick who he is, he played uh, Saruman in Lord of the Rings. So he was the other wizard that turned bad, and he was that guy. Okay. Well, this is him long ago talking about black magic and some of this Hollywood satanic stuff. So let's hear out Christopher Lee.
6: Black magic as being purely fictitious, or is there some truth in it? Some truth, 100% truth. There is nothing fictitious about black magic in any way, whatever. It is a fact, it is a fact uh, which has existed for several thousand years. I mean, when we talk about black magic, we are talking about Satanism, necromancy, alchemy, witchcraft, the worship of uh, Satan, um, the worship of dark forces, whether it's voodoo, juju, whether it's something practiced in the Western world or the Eastern world, uh, whether it's uh, easily defined or not easily defined, the order of the left-hand path, the, the following of this, the following of that. It is basically the worship of the force of evil as embodied by Satan, Lucifer, the princes of darkness and their legions and so on, in a very simple sense. Of course, it goes much more deeply than that. It is a fact, it is a desperately dangerous fact. It does exist, it exists around us today, Satanic ceremonies will be happening in Britain tonight, very definitely. Ask any priest, ask any member of the forces of law and order and they will tell you that Satanism as such, it's there and it has been for thousands of years. Man has worshipped the devil longer than he has worshipped um, perhaps an established religious figure. Do you think you're in any danger in mimicking it in front of the camera? no that's an interesting question because uh, i must admit that it did enter our minds when we were performing some of these ceremonies you see i am playing as i told you a priest the various ceremonies that are carried out by the priest in this case myself and the members of his group or coven are blasphemous ceremonies totally blasphemous and totally profane they have to be that is to say they must be profane and blasphemous to be effective This is part of the ritual and part of the belief of these people, that in order to make any kind of ceremony totally effective, it must be the exact diametrical opposite of the real ceremony. That is to say, if you make the sign of the cross, you do it like that, upside down. If you are going to carry out a satanic ceremony, whether it's a baptism or a particular group of people doing something like trying to raise an elemental or Trying to create the, the, the perfect situation for an evil spirit or trying to produce evil vibrations and so on. they plug in, so to speak, to the force of evil, like plugging in on a switchboard or a telephone. Um, in order for this to be effective, it must be carried out, as I've already said, by a consecrated person, i.e. a priest, and it must also be carried out on consecrated ground. Now, in this film, I, as a priest, am carrying out these ceremonies, like baptism, in the name of the Dark Lord, in a real church. Now, Obviously, I'm an actor. At least I hope people think I am. And
1: Okay. Testing, testing. I'm just making sure that I'm still online. I had a notice that my connection got interrupted. Uh, So I right now don't know if I'm speaking to you live or not. So let me just wait for the stream to catch up to see. There's like a minute delay or something. Okay, I'm live. Interrupted. Okay, looks like I am live. Okay, I was going to go through the whole clip. What I'm going to do is just post. That's creepy. <laughs> All good on Twitch. Okay, thank you. You're fine here. Okay, good. Fine on the foxhole. Fine on Rockfin. Okay, good, good, good. Wow, that was weird. what te- When it went off, They could have been the server. It could have been an interrupter with the server through Restream. But um yeah. as he's breaking down how they do these weird rituals, it cuts off. That's interesting. So guys, I'll post that whole clip. I think it's about eight minutes long, but there you have it. Christopher Lee just breaking it down for you. It's very real. A lot of people believe in it. It's an ancient, ancient religious practice. There are many variations of it. And it's been called many different things. It's been practiced in many different ways, but it's essentially the same. And it's something that is known and worshiped amongst elite groups. This isn't, this is what we're trying to show you guys. This isn't just some low level crime stuff. This isn't just a few twisted cultists running around. Low level, you know. There are members of these kinds of cults that work in the military, in the police services, in the government, in your medical profession, in your legal profession, and most certainly, if not by a massive margin, it's in Hollywood, it's in the media, it's in the culture, the cultural um, machine. In fact, that's where the attraction would be for these kind of people to bring their ideology in because they know it would never be accepted on its face. You have to massage it in. You have to massage it in over time, generationally, and keep coaxing and keep coaxing and keep coaxing until you get the Situation that we're in right now where everybody's divided everybody's already hooked onto your drug in more ways than one and now you've created the perfect victim that can be programmed by your cult ideology but you can do it sort of subliminally you can do it over time you can do it through these different media mediums right so just wanted to show you guys that that's an interesting one And then as I'm, I'm going to keep the mute on this, but as I'm watching the Grammys, and I didn't watch the Grammys, as I'm watching the clips going around, and I could only stand maybe about 10 seconds of it, uh, these types of videos were popping into my head. You know? Where there's so many of our politicians, so many people in the public eye, so many people at the forefront of all the movements and the latest things, are into this stuff. You know what I mean? And the the minute you get onto this, the minute you're going to see that you can't unsee this anymore. You're going to start to notice this everywhere. There's a sexual perversion that is being worshiped, glorified and pumped out with millions of dollars behind it. And I'm just at a point now where I cannot be convinced any longer, and we're just going to turn that off because I can't watch it anymore. Um, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not convinced that this is just a natural thing. I, I think this is guided and created. I think this is part of a bigger program. But that's just me. You can disagree with me on that if you'd like. And really quickly to say, this isn't me demonizing anybody of other life paths. Keep it like that. It's the hypersexualization, the perversion of it that is the problem. Because if you're just talking about having different sexual attractions or different identities or whatever you want to say, we can have that discussion separately from the discussion of, all right, fine, can be what you want. That's cool. You do you. But that was already in place before this version of it. That was already in place the hypersexualization of it the pornography of it the perversion of it the in your face of it that's an agenda that's a, that's the politicization of different groups and they're not putting forward something that's just about bringing people up to a certain standard or giving more people equal rights you have equal rights and i guess people would debate on that but you're supposed to. I mean, none of us have the equal rights anymore. Isn't that true? We're all kind of equal in that right now. We're all of our rights and our constitution was just used as toilet paper by these politicians who are the ones lecturing everybody on equality and freedom and democracy and all this stuff. But that's where I'm looking. I'm like, okay, when you're seeing this twisted nature of it, this is beyond art. This is beyond promoting certain groups and helping with equality. That's just a sales pitch. That's how they get you to accept things that you otherwise wouldn't accept. That's how I see it. Now, next clip. This is a sort of reminder uh, from chapter, it was three or four, Cult of the Medics. I put this little clip in from Melfi Buddha, who you can follow on BitChute. He's done some great work on this, getting into, he's got videos on like Tom Hanks, John of God, the pedo, elite pedophiles, that kind of stuff. He did a lot on the Pizzagate stuff. But this is just a little clip that he put together and I like the way he did it. And it just illustrates a certain point that I wanna get into. So here's this clip. The first example is not directly related to human trafficking, But in my view, they remain relevant in how they point to patterns among the elite class. But do the apparent patterns we think we're discovering ultimately have a benign explanation? Are these images showing a genuine motif of Masonic influence? A new form of communication waiting for us to take notice or are we applying meaning to something that doesn't exist the fact that i can't say for sure is perhaps the most perplexing this is the future
4: Future evolution.
1: Shout out to Melty Buddha. Great job, man! That um, I love the way he set that clip up he set it up almost like what you're thinking when you're watching it. You're like, is it, is it some kind of communication? Is it just a symbolic artistic motif? Is it benign? Is it malevolent? Is it a symbol of the fact that they're signaling different cults? Are they communicating? Is it a form of communication? He's like, but I love how he says it. The fact that I can't say for sure is enough. It's so prevalent that you can't unsee it now. You're going to see it everywhere. And this also brings in the discussion, just to balance it out, that symbolism itself isn't good or evil. I've said this before, always have to clear this up. A symbol, that, that what, what happened, I believe, is that a lot of these perverted, degenerate sadists got their, their little grimy hands on Aladdin's cave a long time ago. They discovered the manuals left behind great traditions, great wisdom keepers, the true, the, the true arbiters of, and progenitors of this ancient knowledge that birthed civilization, history, religion, science, everything, right? And these guys got their hands on these, these codices and these manuals, and they then be- perverted it and distorted it and crafted their own religion out of it. So when you're seeing them use these sort of Masonic symbols and these 33s and pyramids and all seeing eyes and, um, even the inverted symbolism that, um, that other clip was talking about, um, or no, that, uh, it was Christopher Lee that was talking about how they invert stuff. Um, when you're seeing that you're seeing a perversion of just ancient knowledge that comes from all of history, all traditions in the world. It's been brought into one central place. They've rebranded it, redrafted it. And the reason they plundered the ancient archives of this knowledge is because it was knowledge of how to build, how to build culture, how to build civilization, how to build cities, how to build consciousness, um, how to basically how to build the group mind versus the individual mind how to achieve and how to gain power right and because a lot of this a lot of stuff got into these freemasonic orders and what through the templars having liaisons in the east where they pulled a lot of this eastern occultism and mysticism out of it and then they brought it in in a distorted way and mixed it with the sort of western side of it and then again rebranded it that's just a loose we could do a whole show on that right that's my reading of it. So I just want to add that nuance for you that when we're looking at symbolism, when we're seeing symbolism employed by bands and music industry and Hollywood, we can't paint it all with the same brush because it is just a symbol at the end of the day. However, however, when you notice the same patterns coming from the same people, And that the people advocating these symbolic messagings and all this talk about enlightenment and uniting the world and all this kind of stuff, and you see them acting in a very perverted manner in their videos, in their movies, in their work, in in their lifestyles and everything else. They're all into drugs. They're all into all this stuff. Right away, that should tell you that these people are pretending to be something that they're not. It'd be like we're finding out about all the pedophilia that just riddles all these different religious institutions, the Catholic church, Jehovah's witnesses, Islam. It's every, everybody's got it. It's just, I don't know why it's so prevalent in the world. Um, you see that people are saying one thing and doing another, right? We're seeing this happen where people that are coming out and saying, Hey, I was just trying to do this new personal development course called Nexium." And we ended up, yeah, we had some sexual magic rituals and I ended up branding a bunch of women and raising them as sex slaves. (laughs) Sorry about that. Like, obviously, we're seeing that people are not what they're appearing to be. That doesn't mean everybody. It just means we're learning more and more about it. And then I'm thinking, as we're seeing this roll out, think of the time we're in. Right now we're in, you know, February of 2023. Think of the last, just from 2020 to now, uh, what's been exposed. From Gate to Balenciaga to Epstein Island, Maxwell, the Black Book, gets indicted, goes to jail. Still no drop on all the people who were the clients of these people that we know are elite people in royal families, Hollywood business, politics, etc. We want to know, right? There's that that's kind of going on. There's all these laptops flying around, Hunter's laptop, Anthony Weiner's laptop. There's all these laptops that we know the FBI has in their possession. And other intelligence agencies, but we're not getting the juice on that. Um, We had, you know, insiders like Isaac Cappy and so many other celebrities that have come out and sort of whistleblown this, that, yeah, this stuff goes on. These people are into kids. They're into some really weird, dark, satanic rituals. We had the release of that movie Out of Shadows that went super viral. That was sort of the first time something like that went viral to get people onto this trail. Um, And there's been other films as well. We're also getting the exposures of what just went down with this pandemic and this shot, because let's we have to mention obviously that what was so crazy is that the Grammys, the the, the what was the name that they called this performance? The little devil or something? Unholy, unholy the Grammys, which is literally a transgendered star acting the part of the devil and a bunch of demons running around and they're all having a big sex black magic ritual right on stage, is brought to you by Pfizer. (laughs) Like That's where I start to go, I wonder if there's kind of a connection here like anywhere with these people. Anthony Bourla, who we've looked at before, you wonder what kind of shit he goes to after dark, what kind of balls he goes to. Is it some eyes wide shut stuff or what? Like, Because why are they all acting together? Why, are they, why is there no breakup in the chain if it's all just random? It's too seamless. The same characters are popping up everywhere. Like You can't look at any of this stuff without Bill Gates popping up somewhere and his foundation. And you follow the money and you're going, why are all these... There's relationships between pharmaceutical companies and the media complex, the Hollywood complex. Well, that makes sense on a financial level because we know all of our news and our royal weddings and all of our NASCAR races and our basketball games are all brought to us by Pfizer. It's, it's, it's sort of a ironic, a dark ironic twist that you have sports events brought to you by Pfizer and during the sports events, athletes are dropping dead on the pitch of heart attacks. Like, it couldn't be more of a mockery in your face dark irony. And I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just, you're at a point where if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? Like it's just so disgusting and in your face. So all these things are all happening together at the same time. And I'm at a point where I'm watching the footage coming out of this Grammy cereal. And I'm just saying, is it me? Or are they just becoming more and more open about their once upon a time private worship? Used to be a private thing. You just get little hints here and there. People are like taking magnifying glasses to old Disney movies and stuff. You don't need magnifying glasses anymore. It's just like, oh, it's all right. This is a sadomasochistic uh, sex orgy, you know? Like, that's the performance. That's art now. That's being promoted bestiality this is now part of just regular pop songs it's it's crazy so they're coming more out of the closet literally because either one of two things is happening they feel safer which is weird because the ratings are crap there's more of a reaction from the public now than any other time i've seen like when good old ted gunderson was talking about this stuff he'd have an audience of like maybe a hundred people listening to him his videos would get like 300 views on youtube Nobody knew who Ted Gunderson was. I even spoke to people in the Anon community. I'm like, Ted Gunderson? And they're like, what? Didn't even know who the guy was. Let alone half the other people that have come out for a long time about this stuff. Transformation of America, Kathy O'Brien, those people. Been warning us for decades about this stuff. And we went, oh, maybe. Put it on the back burner. Either way, we're looking at it now and we're going, they've just turned up the juice. Or they've got more impulse control issues or something where they just have to be out in the open now. Or the other scenario is, is something forcing them from underneath out to the open. And that's just speculation. I have no evidence of that other than we're just witnessing it in a way that we've never really seen before. And it's actually beating the algorithms and it's getting out there. So something is promoting this information to come out. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still watching all this stuff and I'm sometimes confused because I'm like, I've been advocating for this kind of information to come out because only when the information comes out can we do anything about it, right? Humanity needs to know that there are predatory classes and predatory groups and people that have their own private religion and cults that make their way into your state houses and your courts and on your school boards and that are making your movies and that are making your food and you know, that are educating your children, you know, like I want people to know that that's a thing, not everybody, but it's a thing. It's, it's a factor that we should look at. And here they are just going, yeah, just put it in the biggest, on the biggest stage possible, get as many flashing lights as possible and let's pump this shit out of this. Let's make it a thing. It's now a thing. Whereas my parents' generation, you Poor people, man. You're probably rolling over right now going, what in the hell world am I living in? Because in your generation, this was in no way mainstream. It wasn't allowed. Nobody would even allow this. Let alone my grandparents' generation and the generation before. So it's been a slow push to change it into this situation. And so I guess I'm sitting there going, what is happening? Is something forcing them out into the open? is this part of exposing this? Is this how they're doing it? Is there people that are like, they've somehow taken control of some of this stuff behind the scenes and they're saying, no, no, go ahead. You just be yourselves on steroids. We're going to give you all the financing you want to show us who you really are so that we can help humanity wake up. Or is it arrogance, hubris on the part of these Cultists that are just like, yeah, fuck it. We've already jabbed everybody. We've already got the, the game checkmated. And so we're just going to come out and show you who we really are, you know, one, one big hurrah and see if we can recruit you, you know, like that. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Could be a bit of both. But either way, here we are. And then I go, okay, well, what do we do about it? Us average folks, people like me making content, we don't want to over promote it because we don't want to give these people the, t- the attention that they want. But we also need to expose that and help people understand it. So if you're a content creator, all I'm going to ask you is, um, do your best to find a good balance with that so that we don't end up helping them, you know? Uh, what's the other clip I had here? Uh, we got to do this. We did that. Okay. Let's do this last one. This one's about four or five minutes. It's a sort of a compilation. Let's hear from these people. And then I've got some comments for you.
0: I'm gonna go off for a minute here, because Please where go. is the outrage? It's been a week and a half, and now we're doing this story, God, get it, Thanksgiving was happening and all that, but they tried to hide behind that, right? Maybe this will make it through the news cycle. No, it's not, okay? Adidas didn't cut ties 48 hours after Kanye did his whole thing, right? And they got lambasted for not speaking out against uh, anti-Semitism. This is a week and a half and nobody seems to care that there's little kids involved in this. I can't speak what it's like to be a black man, right? I can't speak what it's like to be a Jewish woman, but I can speak what it's like to be a father of two young boys. And that this type of behavior, when I worked at CBS.com out of a little closet my first show, I was like, I'm gonna say this and wear a blue shirt. I got 49 emails saying, maybe wear a purple shirt and maybe don't say this here. Don't tell me this slipped through the cracks when you're getting a court case That features child pornography. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. Jeopardy's got to flip their whole production because of one person said something, but they wanted to be woke and do all that. How many other examples are there? 10, 20, 30, 40 years we're going back to cancel people. But this slips through the cracks. It's outrageous and that people aren't outraged and skipping work with their posters and going to the courthouse or going to Balenciaga and stars aren't wiping. Their Instagram and social media with all their Balenciaga gear is disgusting in itself. Don't you tell me, Hollywood, how to live my life or you want me canceled.
7: And that's very, very important for people to understand. I mean, Satanism is a real faith. Do you know that that some satanic uh church in the US just sued the Supreme Court for the right because they took away their right to do satanic abortions? Yeah.
4: No, I never satanic heard I didn't abortion. hear that. There is,
7: then. Well, and and I wow. like this is the best part. This is the best part of it all. The things that we're talking about—Katy Perry doing a music video about cannibalism, where she's being cooked and prepared to be eaten. Okay, these people are crazy. Maria Abramovich holding up a severed goat's head and doing spirit cooking and bathing people in blood and having fake, you know, cannibal dinners where all these Hollywood celebrities are standing around taking a, a piece of the fake, you know, sort of body and eating it. And they're they're drowning in, you know, in fake blood. I mean, I'm sorry, but these are the crazy people. John Podesta's art that he poses in front of in his office or his home or whatever it is, you can find those pictures on the internet. He's insane. The people painting kids in their underwear in, in different forms of ritual sacrifice or with blood or with the handkerchief that is, you know, this handkerchief is part of the map that's meant to be your signature in pedophilia. These are the crazy people. We're not crazy for talking about it. We're not crazy for wanting the truth. We're not crazy for wanting to know who were the people that Ghislaine Maxwell was supplying children to. We're not crazy for asking those questions, and I don't care what they say about me. And by the way, I, you know, you, if you haven't seen Out of Shadows, Mike Smith's film Out of Shadows, not Out of the Shadows, look up Mike Smith's film. Why was that censored, right? And you'll see people say, "Oh, this is crazy." No, it's not crazy. It's very measured and extremely well done.
1: I mean, what else do you need that to know? Like that's Lara Logan breaking it down. Um, just going through the list of things that, and we're the ones told that are being told we're crazy, but you know why you're being told you're crazy, especially by friends of yours is they're hearing other people tell them that you are crazy for pointing this out and that there's anything really going on. And that eases their worry about it. So they would prefer that you're crazy and that this isn't real. Than to accept the reality that not only is this real it's probably way more real than they can possibly imagine and it's not new either this goes well back into history not many of those ancient cults that everybody thought were dead and gone are not dead and gone is that so hard to is that conspiracy theory like the religions of ancient history have survived the test of time you think the older religions and the darker elite religions that they didn't disclose to you the plebs, the public, the unwashed, illiterate, unread masses, you think that they're not going to they're going to tell you all about it? Well, they don't tell you directly, they tell you subliminally because they're sadists and they want the attention. They're narcissists. But it's not you that's crazy and I love how she said it. We're just asking questions. There's enough here for us to go, "Hold on a minute." There's more than enough. It's to the point where we're beyond even having this conversation in my circles. This isn't even a conversation of, oh, is it maybe happening? Like, we just know it is. And we're just moving on from there. But most people aren't there. So they're programmed to say you're crazy. And they're feeling better about that because that reassures them that, oh, there's no boogeyman under the bed. There's no interspecies predators fleecing the human race. That just doesn't exist. So what do you do with that? You know, um, some of the stuff is so dark that, you know, I I can't even cover it all on here because it's just like I'm at a point where I feel like it's we don't even need to get into the weeds of it to understand that it's real. I'm emailed regularly by people who are victims of this stuff, who were raised in this stuff. Now, I can't vet every single person, but I have vetted many over my time in in doing this. I've interviewed people face-to-face. I've seen some interesting things in my life, personally. And I've also applied my mind to the research for a long time because I realized this is probably way bigger than anybody's prepared to accept. And what we're seeing are just the echoes of it, just the surface level, the effects of it. Watching these guys on stripper poles And people dressed like like in red and all that kind of stuff. Like what was that, that lady that went to one of the awards dressed as like a spike protein or whatever? Like what is happening? It's not art. This is part of a religion that you're watching. You're watching the expression of a religion. I prefer to call it a cult. And it would make sense that these people would be a part of some kind of a belief system like that. That, and especially when it's oriented towards power and fame and attention and right. So they know how to pull the right people in and promote the right people. That's why you see the same people on the center stage. And there's probably people who are way more talented than them that you'd never even heard of. There's bands, there's musical artists that I know that are way better than any of the top five chart artists. And You'd never hear them. You'd never hear of them. Meanwhile, the top five artists aren't even performing. It's like electronic voices, voiceovers. It's all staged and, and nothing's real and organic. Remember when it was just a guy with a guitar on a stage? and could blow your freaking mind for three hours. One guy on a stage with a guitar could blow you away for three hours at a concert and you couldn't wait to hear more. Now it's look at it. Mass seances and rituals. So we need to save the minds of our kids. We need to protect the minds of our kids. Now that doesn't mean strap them into a chair and restrict them from the world because that can also cause a lot of negative psychology and will push them even deeper into this when they get a little bit older. So there's that catch-22 as well. That by overly suppressing a child uh, and raising them like Amish people or something in the woods... Nothing against that. I'm just saying if we did that on my, there, there could be a rebellion that happens at a teen. Yeah, that's what happened to me. My parents were, in the beginning, were overly suffocating, giving me like lists of stuff that I couldn't do when I'd go sleep over at a friend's house. You better not be watching those Saturday morning cartoons. You know, that kind of stuff. And then the minute I the minute I got out of my house, I'm like, I just want to gorge on this. You know, so just be careful with that. I'm just, that's my opinion on it but we have to also protect them. So um, what's really shocking is this songwriter guy, whatever his name is, who's on the stage there, the Teletubby guy, He's those videos are not given any kind of age restriction warnings. What does that tell you? My content on my old Facebook page, which I haven't had for years now, the second I would even start spelling the word satanic abuse or anything like that, or a... Uh, If I were to post something about this on there, I would get immediate flags and you know how it goes. But the video itself is able to be seen on YouTube kids. And when you see that, you got to sit there and go, somebody is is promoting this stuff to be viewed by children. And given the Balenciaga, given the Epstein-Maxwell-Prince-Andrew-and-Friends thing, given the exposures that we've seen, with this weird obsession with children and grooming and all of that stuff, transgender strip clubs where parents are going there on their lunch break with their kids to put dollar bills in thongs worn by transgender strip. I wouldn't care if it was a heterosexual strip club. You don't take your kids to that stuff. How is that in any way accepting somebody? It doesn't need to be sexualized to accept for a child to accept. You don't need that but they're doing it and they're promoting it. Why? Because this isn't just the collapse of civilization and we're in the late stages. It's being guided into the late stages because I've gone through many shows, I've also done this on Enslaved as well, where we've quoted the top people admitting to you that they wanted to do this. They wanted to destroy Western civilization. They wanted to destroy America and Canada and Australia and all your countries. They wanted to strip out... All of your cultural and religious roots that were based in positive community and morals and values and family values and healthy society and healthy mindsets and appreciating beauty, having a positive connection to each other and to nature and to God. They want to erase all of that and then replace it with the new religion of transhumanism which is essentially an extension of this ancient cult that, again, even that didn't just start in the modern times. You can go see a show that I did. You can look it up on my Rumble, on my Rockfin, on my iTunes, my Podbean. Go look up the show that I did called Ancient Transhumanism where I kind of roll out that theory, that there's nothing new under the sun with that. But I guess what I'm looking at here is that all this stuff is connected, and here we are, and yet we're being called crazy by, I think, the people that are just trying to protect this predator class. And then everybody else just repeats what they're told. And there we've got it. It's very easy to do. It's obviously very easy to do. But now we're in this strange... Let me know what you guys think. Why are we in this time where they're just open? What do you think about that conundrum? They're just like, yep, we're all a bunch of satanic pedophiles. We're, We're obsessed with death and blood rituals and bestiality and... Degeneracy on steroids. We love that stuff. And we're going to make that the new culture now. We're going to replace the old culture with that. How do you feel about that? Why is it so open? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. And I'm not, I don't have the final word. We're, we're all investigating it. I'm curious to see how this is going to go. But uh, part of me can't help but feel that in some interesting way, maybe there's a cosmic level of this, maybe there's just a, a bigger force behind this than even the people involved know about where maybe we really are in the age of revealing has been prophesized by ancient cultures from different parts of the world. And many people were talking about the timing and maybe it's just a part of how, when certain bits of information become known in the public mind, there's no going back. So then there's the next, then there's the next. So we're on this long cycle of revealing the truths that have been hidden for so long and we're just moving into a wage of much more openness and exposure to this stuff, whether there's help or not, here we are. And so something is putting this on display for us to see, and it's for a reason. And there's the bad guys and there's the good guys to keep it simple, where the bad guys just want attention of any kind and they want to pervert your mind and they want to recruit your kids and groom your kids. And then there's the, the forces of good that are saying, don't look away. Stare the evil in the face and see what they really are. Watch them be themselves so that you know who you're dealing with, so that you know to watch the signs, so that you can see how they went from being tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe to just kick the door down and walk right in with their muddy boots without any inhibitions whatsoever and just observe it. And we're also observing them implode, these types of people. Because they're self-destructive. Psychopaths are self-destructive. They're already destroyed within, so they can't help but be on a, destruct, a self-destructive path, and they just go out and try to take everybody down with them. In fact, I've read this quote before, but it's really relevant. Here's from David Berkowitz, the son of Sam Killer, in prison admitting and saying this, Satanists are peculiar people. They are not ignorant peasants. Rather, their ranks are filled with doctors, lawyers, businessmen, and basically highly responsible citizens. They are not a careless group who are apt to make mistakes, but they are a secretive and bonded together by a common need and desire to mete out havoc on society. That quote says a lot to me. They're united and these are sophisticated Highly intelligent, well-educated people. These are not a bunch of buck-tooth, backwoods, low-level criminal gangs, okay? These are elite people. And they're, they're bonded together by a common need and desire to mete out havoc on society. Who has that need? When you're saying, why are these people so destructive? It's an impulse that they have to be destructive. Where did they get it from? And you could start with everything from demon possession all the way down to sophisticated psychoanalysis to just belief systems that are, you know, cult-like, that are twisted and perverted. I don't know. But either way, the people are like, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Well, is David Berkowitz a conspiracy theorist? He was part of the conspiracy. He was a serial killer that worked for these groups. And he came right to, right to the end. I don't know if he's still alive. I can't even remember. You can watch the interviews that Maury Terry did with him. You can watch the... He, he wrote a book about this shit. And he's telling you, they are not some ignorant peasants. These are not low-level people. They're doctors, lawyers, businessmen, politicians, people in trust and authority. And they just have this common need and desire to mete out havoc on society. And I think that's just because humans naturally project the state of their inner being. If the state of their inner being is completely cut off from any kind of spirit or consciousness or morality or humanity, if you're cut off of your humanity, remember that quote uh, that was from that other clip where the gent was talking about how in the end you sell your soul, you give up the, they're they're trying to dehumanize you in these rituals that's what the rituals are is to dehumanize you and also film you doing shit so they have compromising information on you and therefore they control you cradle to grave. I think a lot of these celebrities have handlers I and mean, there's teams of handlers behind these people. I don't think a lot of these celebrities even want to be a part of this. They're just in it. They want it in the beginning and a lot of them know, oh shit. And they're at a point of no return. That's probably the case with many. And then there's the ones that love it, right? But they're all mind-controlled. And it's the cremation of care, like what they do at Bohemian Grove. The cremation of care. Cremation, what's that? To burn, to destroy. You get rid of your care. There's ceremonies that do that because care gets in the way of the overall agenda. So if you're somebody that suddenly grows a conscience and you want to work for the mafia that's smuggling drugs, guns, people, and God knows what else, organs, um, you You suddenly grow a conscience, you're a, you're some kind of a, oh, what's the word? You're gonna impede the whole mission. You're gonna be in the way. You know, so you have to be eliminated. I think that's what a lot of these killings were in Hollywood and whatnot, where people who were probably trying to come out and blow the whistle, they grew a conscience, like, I've had enough of this shit. There's only so many blood drinking rituals I can attend before I have a conscience. And then they just take them out or you never hear from them again. So the ones you're hearing from, you got to start asking some serious questions if this is the state of it. And we won't know, we won't fully know how deep those tentacles of control are in Hollywood or elsewhere until we actually understand that there's some, there's enough smoke I've just shown you some selected pieces of the smoke that I think leads to the fire of what's really going on. There's so much more, but I think there's enough now. I think this Grammy's performance is like, well, all of humanity should just go, that's it. We need to completely forensically audit every nook and cranny of the Hollywood media and entertainment complex. We've had, oh, recently the Pfizer guy that got nailed by Project Veritas that went super ultra mega viral as well talking about something called that they were looking into called was it controlled evolution or something like that? Where, what does that tell you what they're doing? They're trying to direct and control your natural processes towards an unnatural end directed evolution. That's what they're calling it. We're going to (laughs) wean Anthony Fauci and Pfizer and friends, Bill Gates, they, know better than the natural forces that created you and vibrate your cells so that you have life. (laughs) They know more. So we're going to direct evolution. We're going to direct the natural order and the natural forces. Towards what? Towards transhumanism and great resets and what? So you start to go, all right, what about the connections with the great reset and the WEF and their connections to some of these dark cults in Tibet and in China that have connections to the CCP party. And then you look at their connections also to other very shady organizations. And then you look at characters like Klaus Schwab, who's a member of all kinds of Swedish Freemasonic orders. And he's got these weird emperor like garbs and weird cult stuff going on. And you start to wonder like just how, how many people are involved. And then all we're asking to put all the conspiracy theories to rest is, okay, show us the black book. Show us the, help us figure this shit out. Give us the evidence that would end this. But they don't. They give us this, Grammy's performance? I'm sitting there going, they want us to know. They want us to know. Somebody does. So don't underestimate it. I've seen enough to know there's something massive behind the curtain massive, so massive. I can't even, I, I, I sometimes come on these shows and I, I sit back and I have to say like, how, how do I talk about that? How do I even put that into words? That's my biggest struggle is how to put it into words, how to communicate it, what to show, you know, like it's, I'm sure there's many content creators out there that feel like this because we've just seen so much that I've seen more than I can even remember now. Like I have to go back and pull it all out. But now that we have this stuff just happening in real time on a daily basis now, like we're only February of 2023 and look how lit 2023 is going to be. Like, I feel like the straw that breaks the camel's back is about to hit here. We've got spy balloons flying around with impunity in the sky for days before it gets shot down. And then there's another one. And then there's another one. It's like, how did you even get in? Like somebody leave the door open? (laughs) How did you get in? And then you got... More exposures with this jibby jab. More people dropping dead of unknown causes, heart attacks, all this stuff. Pfizer executives being caught on the spot by the European Parliament. I mean, that was last, that was late last year. Uh, this year, it's the Pfizer guys getting caught during these undercover filmings and stuff. What else? Like. Ukraine, there's still stuff going on with Ukraine. Everybody's like, oh my God, we're on the verge of thermonuclear war. I personally don't think so, but I'm not an expert. So don't listen to me. I just, I don't feel like that's the direction it's going. Um, but, but either way, there's just a tension in the air. There's everybody, there's something that everybody's that we're all afraid of somewhere. Either you're afraid of COVID or you're afraid of Russia going in and destroying Ukraine, or you're afraid of all those issues that the mainstream keeps pushing in your face, or you're afraid of what they're doing, the real story. (laughs) Like either way you're in fear. And if these types of people live off of fear, these sadists, they live off it. They thrive off it. They actually get like sexually turned on by it, by cruelty. Imagine you're sexually turned on by cruelty and degrading somebody. Like, I can't even imagine that, yet there's nothing but evidence of that through history right up to this moment. So what does a good person do? Well, you warrior up. You stare it in the face. You grow stronger. You learn how to adapt. You learn as much as you can about the enemy. And you expose it, because what else can you do? What else can you do? And it's having an effect. That's the other thing I want to tell you. It's having an effect, sharing these things out, talking about these things. I think we're all learning too about how certain ways of telling our friends about this stuff or people that we know that are just catching on, there are certain strategies that are effective and there are certain ones that aren't. So we're actually upgrading our ability to communicate this information in a way that doesn't leave the person even more paralyzed with fear than when they started talking to you. Our job should be to simultaneously wake people up to reality and give them something that will ease that anxiety that's going to drive them to listen to these dark sorcerers don't forget that they rely on the fact that you're riddled with fear to the point where you're going to abandon all your other stabilizers and go right to them that's how cults work they cut you off from your family from your community and from yourself the voice from with they cut you off from the voice within And then they replace that with them. That's what a cult does. So if we're out there spreading fear only, they're like, thanks for helping us because we know those people are going to last in your little movement of exposing us for about a month max. And then they're going to come right back into the the doors of our temples, eating off our hands because we're going to give them the dancing and the singing and the lights and the smiling presenters. And it's going to feel like it's just cozy Truman show world where everything's totally cool. And people will run to it because they'd rather that, even though they know it's dark and evil behind that fake smile, simply because they're running from fear. So that's why I have such a problem with these black pill people that are out there just like, yeah, we're totally screwed. It's because you're actually recruiting for the dark side of the force just so you know nothing wrong with telling people the truth even if it's hard to hear that's what this is all about but maybe some tact like i try my best to not just come on here and dump a bunch of dark shit down your you know down your shirt like i try to come out and also give you some some kind of motivation and 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 show you the difference between these psychopathic sadists and the great geniuses and the great teachers and the great thinkers and the, thinkers and the humanitarians and the the freedom fighters, and the people who are here to try to create a better world. We got to somehow create a better world for our kids at the end of this, as daunting as that seems. So I'm doing what I can in the sense of doing the show to put it all out there and just give you my two cents for what it's worth, give you some of the history, point you to the people that have been whistleblowing this stuff for decades since even I before I was born, uh, so that you remember their names and you know that we owe them a deep gratitude for the work that they did because back when they did their work, it it fell on deaf ears and now history is going to forget them. And the mainstream is just going to label them as a bunch of quacks and crazy people. So we should do a good uh, duty to those people as well as those coming out now, the people who've experienced this. We need to give them shelter. We need to give them encouragement. We need more whistleblowers coming out. We need to wake up everybody to realize that the people telling you to jump through all these hoops and believe all the latest things are also promoting this openly dark, satanic agenda. Question marks. And at the same time say, so stop listening to those people because they're clearly sick, perverted, and twisted. Listen to the people who aren't here are all the greats. Here are all the people who provided us with the roadmap to building a positive culture, to building a positive civilization, to building a sane economic system, political system, legal system, who gave us the roadmap to become the full potential and uh, magnitude of who we are as, as living beings, endowed with spirit and Volition and reason and logic and beauty and everything. Perfect imperfection. Contrast it with the bigger picture. Never just dump the dark stuff down, down someone's throat. Give them the contrast. Just wanted to say that. So there's this other bit here I wanted to do as well. I'm not sure if I covered it. I had so many notes for this. <laughs> I'm getting lost in my own notes. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I just want to quickly rewind the clock back to when I was talking about the Marquis de Sade and this idea of sadism and the Frankfurt School and the, new, the way the new left is working and all that. And this comes from Carrie Bolton. And he's giving an analysis here. He's got a chapter called Sex and Revolt, the Precursor of the Frankfurt School. So just a quick little comment. He says, the Marquis de Sade was a precursor of the Frankfurt School and the new left gurus who combined sex and revolt. Writing in 120 Days of Sodom, Marquis de Sade says, sexual pleasure is, I agree, a passion to which all others are subordinate, but in which they all unite. His is the communistic doctrine. Like that of Rousseau, of atavistic resurgence in the name of liberty, of the restoration of the primitive under the guise of returning to nature, quote unquote, in the same of, in the name of progress, etc. Desad wrote of this in Alain et Al quote, We are no guiltier in following the primitive impulses that govern us than is the Nile for her floods or the sea for her waves. So the Dasad He pleaded for the overthrow of all morality in the name of nature, where civilized restraint would become obsolete so that predators such as himself could stalk the earth in liberty, just as he had brutalized poor girls and justified himself by having paid them while claiming to be the champion of the people in the name of liberty, equality, and fraternity. Sex was a means of empowerment. Thus, what does one want when one is engaged in the sexual act? That everything around you give you its utter attention. Think only of you, care only for you. Every man wants to be a tyrant when he fornicates. That's from the Marquis de Sade. That's their mindset is don't think of anybody else. It's only about you, man, in this way. He's talking about these uh, perversions. So sex and politics became the foundation of the new left about 180 years later and is still being called progressive One might note also the narcissistic basis of Desad's comment. So he gets into the psychology of these people, the history of them, the connective tissue between the belief systems of all these utopian totalitarians throughout history. They all had this weird, twisted sexual perversion element. All of them. They were all into these drugs and these weird things. And that's because I think that many of these people were members of these cults that I was mentioning that promote and breed this into their children. They breed these people into existence. They create these people. That's why they traumatize them at such a young age. Just go listen to some of the interviews by people like John Paul Rice, who I've had on many times, talking about how when they abuse these children at such a young age, it's what turns them into predators later. So they create a pre- they create this chain of command. This this whole compartmentalized structure. And they put these perverts in place because they're easy to control. And then they preach the name, the things we like to hear. This was a huge point is, um, they're saying it in the name of nature. Let's go back to nature, but nature isn't just about sexual perversion. (laughs) There's the sexual act. There's a beautiful aspect to it. There's many thinkers that were trying to help heal the issues that are involved with the psychology of sexuality, right? And that when you don't evolve in a healthy way in that regard, you end up going down these perverted paths. And then here we go with a bunch of pedophiles running around and the like. Um, Whereas when you educate your children with a a rational, actually a natural principle of delayed gratification, of um, civilized restraint, right? That you're not just going to go out and rape, rend, and steal just because you think, oh, that's what it means to be for myself. That's the lie. Narcissism is the opposite of true selfhood, which is when we're talking self in the context that we use on this show and on Unslaved, we're talking about like the capital S self, the kingdom of heaven within the spark of divinity that's within you, the voice of God within the still small voice. That's a totally the Holy spirit, whatever word you like, that's a totally different version than this baser primitive self, which is just the superego put out as the real owner of the mansion when it isn't and that is programmed through trauma essentially and the cues of the crowd and so they're going to justify it by saying we're going back to nature by going into this primitive sexual perversion what a crock of shit there's nothing natural about it it's, it's a product of a perversion of nature of the natural forces. That's what it is. So don't let them sell you on it. It's the same shit with climate change. We've got to do all this stuff. We've got to put you in 30-square-foot pods eating bugs and insect paste in order to say, change the weather Like because it's for nature. It's like the Georgia Guidestones. we only want. We got to wipe out 95% of humanity to promote nature or King Charles with his new terra carta to replace the magna carta where we're going to give nature rights over human rights there it's it's stuff that sounds good to people that don't know what they're listening to but when you get this profile you realize these people are just experts at telling you what you want to hear and using those words of let's return to nature we're all one let's start a bunch of communes all over the world you know what let's just make the whole world into a big giant commune run by Klaus Schwab and a bunch of elites from Davos And we'll promote nature. It's going to be lovely. And we're going to have liberty. And we're going to have equality, which is what you've always wanted. And we're going to have fraternity. And we're we're going to let your, your true suppressed desires just explode out into the world to be recognized. And it's all going to be love and light in the end. And people don't realize this was the sales pitch used in the 20th century in the century before, in the century before, and the century before, going all the way back. It's not even new. It'd be nice if they came up with a new strategy from time to time, but they don't even need to because they understand where we how we think and they know how we they just create the circus and then we buy the ticket and we go in and we think it's reality. So they're like sexual empowerment. You hear this shit everywhere? Sexual empowerment. That's private. What are you talking this stuff about with my kids? That's my job as a parent to talk to them when that time is right. Not at the age of four. And not in the perverse way you're going to show up and talk to them about it. What happened to just the birds and the bees, man? Like We can educate children about this very simply. We used to. They don't have to grow up into a bunch of perverts either who can't understand, don't even know what gender they are. So this is about overflowing all morality because they look at morality as rules. So they're advocates of freedom, these Satanists, aren't they? But in a not a way that we're talking about. They'll use the word liberty and freedom to say, yeah, I have the freedom to do whatever I want when I want it unrestrained in any way. Is that a freedom you want running around that's the jungle freedom. That's the freedom for them to come into your house anytime they want and take all your shit, or even your family. Because it's freedom. See? But they don't know about morality and virtue because they've eliminated that because those are rules. Morality and virtue is bad because that's putting constraints upon me to go out and 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 exercise my perverse tendencies. Whereas real law and order and, and real morality, yep, there's rules. If you want to have a free society that has freedom at the base, there's also rules to that. And even though people go, what a contradiction that is. It should just be open freedom. It's been tried. And it always turns into a shit show. Because you can't have freedom like this where you have the freedom to breach my freedom. And that's the missing piece. You believe you have the freedom and you're so free that you get to violate the freedom of that child. You sick. You don't have that freedom. So freedom does have a limit. And this is where you got to catch them is on their words versus their deeds. Their wordsmith masters these people. They're trained in the arts of oratory and sophistry and they know how to speak to your child brain. So this is why you got to upgrade it. You got to study it because otherwise you're a lamb to slaughter. Your freedom is your freedom. It's not, you do not have the right to steal somebody else's freedom but they don't like that because now I've just put an obstacle in front of them and they're like, I don't like that. That's yucky. I should just be able to do whatever I want. No, you shouldn't. And if you cross my threshold with that attitude, you're not leaving breathing. That's the, this, you got to have a straight conversation with these kinds of people. Be like, if you, if you think that you could just eyeball my kid and, you have zero complex about manipulating them towards your weird, perverse tendencies. Like you and I cannot coexist in the same space. That's just, that's the bottom line. I can't tolerate that. You can't tolerate that. And why am I emotional about it? Why am I amped up about it? Because I'm still human and I understand that law. And this is the, The higher law than what they're talking about, about their version of liberty and fraternity and all that bullshit, which is just a sales pitch for unrestrained, complete access to whatever they want. No law at all. These are criminals. What kind of a person wants to get rid of all the laws, guys? I'm talking about real laws too, just laws. Don't murder, don't rape, don't steal children, don't traffic people, don't create products and make them mandatory when they end up killing people and making them infertile. Like, are we going to have no laws? Obviously, the laws of these ridiculous mandates and the subverting of the constitutions and the protections, those aren't laws. They're fake. They just have the word law attached to it, but it's not a law. It's just bullshit made up by a bunch of criminals. The criminal class wants to eliminate all the laws because they're really at a war with nature and God, aren't they? They're really at war with truth. and They're at war with themselves. And so they're going to edit reality to suit their perversion. It's natural. It's what everybody does. We're hoping there's no perversion so that when you're trying to edit your life and your worldview and you're thinking that you're still having a moral compass about it. These people don't have a moral. They believe that morality is the enemy because it prevents them from having access to the things that they want. That's your Satanist. That's your cultist. That's who's running these people. That's their belief system. That's why they don't give a shit. They don't even care that you're mad. All of America could rise up and go, this is just debauchery. And they'd still just laugh in your face. So this is why when I say the solution starts within you, it really, really, really does. Because unless you are as a person, as one individual in this world, if you aren't addressing your own inner issues and resolving those things and then upgrading yourself and making your inner immune system stronger on all those levels. If you're not doing that, then you're a target for these types. They just look at you as a meat bag walking around that could be a perfect slave to help give them the world of unrestrained access to all things. Masters of the universe but not in any kind of not in any kind of enlightened way, in a real sense, not in any kind of humanitarian way or or natural way, in an unnatural way. This is unnatural. This is perversion of nature right? So just understand who these people are that we're dealing with. They are not like you. When I say they don't think like you, it's as literal as it can get. They don't think like you. They don't see the world the way you do because you still have some humanity left where you don't have a grand design. You don't want to go out and subjugate other human beings. Hopefully you're not a sadist that wants to control the world and plunder innocence and destroy innocence for the sake of destroying innocence and destroy the good for the sake of them being good. You're not one of those people. So it's easier to believe that people like that don't exist. And you can call everybody that's trying to say, yeah, unfortunately there are people like that in the world guys. And they just so happen to have a boatload of money and influence. They're financed up the wazoo. They're infiltrating our intelligence agencies. Look at the symbolism. It's right there. (laughs) Look at the actions alone. It's easier to just say it doesn't exist. Oh, that that performance at the Grammy's that's just art. I know it's a bit perverted, but you know, each to their own, right? Each to their own. We should, it's a quality time now. We're progressing. So in the progression, there's a little bit of up and down. We gotta cut the losses and move ahead. Okay. So just get on the program and stop pointing out all the evil that's saturating this world. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not going to stop, but I'm also not going to stop telling you that it's not only evil in the world, is it? It's not just that. It's not just these perverse performances. It's not just these satanic pedophiles that love this weird dark cult shit and are a bunch of narcissists. It's not just them. There's you, there's me, many others, good people doing good things. So don't lose heart when you're looking at this. It, that's what, what was it? I was just watching. I just went through the Hobbit films with my daughter, my older daughter. She just loved the Lord of the Rings. So we just did the Hobbit and there's so many other good references in there talking about how corruption takes hold, right? In the, in the Lord of the Rings, it was all about the ring in the Hobbit. It was all about this, uh, the stone, I'm trying to remember the, 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 name of the stone. And it's like, it turns a good person Evil. It's a thing. It's an a, there's an attractive force. That's the metaphor. There's an attractive force that's there that can corrupt even the best. And that the dark side, the dark lords, the dark evil ones, they feed off of your despair. That was something they said about those ring wraiths in the story. The ring wraiths who were once great kings. And then now they're in mist and shadow, right? They're just demonic entities. They were once great. The power of the ring perverted them. And now there are these wraiths that just haunt the world, but they're evil, right? And what do they do? They come in and you see the reaction. They did a good job in the films. That's even better in the books, where it's the reaction of, of, of the good in the presence of evil. There's this like thing that happens where some elements, some of the guys in the fellowship are tempted towards the dark and others are just feeling the sense of despair that comes with these people it's like that's what oozes off of these entities is the despair the hopelessness that's the real fear if they can make you feel despair if they can make you feel it's hopeless if they can it's like a bully if they can make themselves blow up into this big balloon animal that just looks too intimidating then they've already won they've already got into your head cuz you feel the despair That sets in when you feel like you're helpless against them. And I just love how those stories by Tolkien and many others have done a good job, but they're unique in that they talk about that very specifically. And, um, it's the presence alone, right? So that's why the hero of the story or the one that gets up after getting knocked down or the one that's crumbling at the feet of these dark lords they're the ones that have to go through the process of like picking themselves up and finding their belief that they're not going to be despair they, they don't feel like it's over that's the right it's the the warrior that's standing up like that's also encapsulated well which is why I, I love i watched it with my daughter and she felt so good watching it because it's it alleviates fear that's what it does it shows you some scary shit there's orcs and all that stuff but then the hero does the job. The hero rises up in the face of such evil and masters it. And they show you those characters as well. That's what a good story can do. And it shows you. It's teaching you about nature. It's teaching you about the world we live in. And we have to be honest with our kids. If you hyper protect them from every single thing and you don't give them any, They're not getting exposure to the thing that they need to develop immunity against. So you need to show the hero overcoming the evil in themselves, uh, resisting the temptation of the power of the ring or that Arkenstone or whatever it is, and and coming back to center again. Those dynamics are really, really key to show you're going to go through this struggle in your life. This is what these Hollywood celebrities go through. They go through the struggle of the Arkenstone. They go through the struggle of the power of the ring, the temptation of the ring. The way they show Bilbo, like, massaging the ring in his pocket. And he's just like, you see his eyes. just the way they they look at it. It's so tempting. My daughter was fascinated by this. I had lots of conversations with her about it. And I tried to explain it to her. There's many things that are going to tempt you to go to the path of the dark side, which is going to destroy you if you do. It's going to destroy you. And it'll destroy others around you. And you'll end up being something that you're not really. And I think that's what these these people go through in Hollywood at that point, there's a certain turning point where they're like, they make that pact. They sell their soul. The soul is your inner light. You're giving your light away. And what if that ends up being a resource in itself to these people? And now you're just on a hamster wheel working for them and doing things that are so inhumane and gross and disgusting. You wouldn't normally do it, but you're doing it because the tower of the ring tempted you. And you're like, I can't give that. I can't give it up. I can't throw it in the fire. It's like when the the elf Lord is telling the original King, he's like, quick, cast it into the flames. He just looks at him. He's like, no, I want the power. That's who runs your world economic forum. That's who runs your Pfizer. That's who runs your media. That's who runs Hollywood. And so we're the good guys of the story who are outnumbered, outmatched. We have to rise up and become something that we didn't know we could become in order to defeat it. We're going to fail numerous times on the path. But as that always happens in those stories, those eagles fly in, save the day. That Gandalf shows up right at the right time. The hero rises at the right moment. It's almost like there's a, if you rise up to meet it, the universe is going to meet you back, right? God's going to meet you back when you reach out. So start reaching out. And in a weird way, you don't actually reach out. You reach in. (laughs) We just had it backwards for so long. So... We don't need to live in this world, guys. We can create a better world. We know who they are. They're uh, open about it. So as we're trying to expose it, don't become obsessive about that. Expose it. Do the work. Do what you can. But also set a part of yourself towards creating the world you want. Every little bit helps because it's energy. This whole thing is run by energy. So if your little node of energy starts to move a little bit more towards in your own personal life, being the change you want, being the hero in your life, start with your, start with the small things and then it becomes the big things and then another will do it and another and another and that's what's happening. And I think that energy that we're all simultaneously committed to, that we're all working in our own ways to create right now, where we're exposing great evil, but we're also promoting the good. You can't just promote the exposure of evil. You have to also promote the good. That's a Legolas's arrow that you can use to hit them right in the eye is you don't just show up to the fight and act defensively the whole time. Every fight I've been in, the minute I start getting too defensive, that's when the other overwhelms and then you're losing the fight before you know it. You have to be able to meet it blow by blow. You have to fight back. So as much as that evil and that temptation and that fear and that anxiety and that depression and that despair is setting upon you, every bit of that you must respond back because that's you getting pummeled in the face. And you got to fight back at some point. You can't just cover up the whole time. That's why hiding and running is not an option anymore. There's nowhere that's going to be on this planet that you can run to from this. Every living soul is going through this process and it's essential for us to truly progress in the real way. So pick up your sword and shield, put your helmet on, put your armor on every day and promote the good. What is the good? Define it for yourself. What is the good? What do you know to be true beyond just some facts you looked up? What's true about you as a being? Who are you? Why are you here? What's your mission? Did you come here to lose? Did you come here to be a slave? Did you come here to just be a carbon copy of everybody else out there? Or did you come here to be unique? Did you come here to bring something from within yourself out to the world to contribute to making the world a better place? That's all I'm trying to do. That's what I think will help. And then, yes, there's the practical steps of we need to keep bringing out these insiders and whistleblowers. We need to keep exposing this truth to the light. But We have to replace what they're offering because they're offering humanity a really big carrot. And all of humanity is like, I know it's probably bad and it's a bit twisted, but it's still very tempting and it seems like it's better than the other alternatives. So I guess in a way we have to say, all right, Hollywood's selling you a bunch of dark seances and rituals. Um, We could offer something a little more wholesome, a little more... In line with what it is to be a human, to your true nature, an accurate reflection of life, an actual, you know, healthy family units, healthy sexuality, healthy art, healthy movie, healthy movies that are are there to tell you about the hero, that are there to tell you those good virtues. So be a promoter of that. Be proactive, not reactive, not defensive. That's what I think. That's what I think could help. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, this is all outside of all of our hands in some in many ways. Yes, much of this. We're just sitting here watching all this unfold. We can't really change it overnight. Just one of us here. It's going to take a massive effort. And that's why I think I'm all I'm betting on, and I think many are, some major disclosures to happen on some of these issues. Because I just think of it like this. I mean, this issue about all this weird Hollywood cult stuff and the pedophilia and the trafficking and some of the dark stuff. The true nature of that needs to be shown to people to shock them out of their apathy to it, to shock them out of their allegiance to these people. They have an allegiance to CBS News and CTV News and Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden and these Hollywood jugglers and acrobats. They have an allegiance to these people. These people are like Archetypes now in their in their psychological makeup. And you're basically saying, yeah, all your archetypes are demonic. We got to swap them out for the good archetypes. That's a hard sell. So the only way to do it is the long way. It's grueling. But um yeah, I don't know what else to really add to that. It's it's what needs to be done. And um, so it, that's why I'm glad this stuff's coming out. I'm glad we could do this show to sort of show you, hey, this isn't just some weird one-off of Hollywood. This is a trend that goes deeper than you can imagine. And it brings you face to face with the truth, which is this really is a battle between good and evil. This really is a battle between the truth and the lie. This is a battle between freedom and slavery. And, um, everybody has to make their choice. What side of history you're going to be on and answer the question, what can you do? Don't say, Oh, little me, I can't do nothing. There's got to be something you can do. This is the medium by which I do what I can do as well as with my kids. Also, I'm uh, hopefully going to be able to reopen my dojo practice, which was a a huge way that I could contribute of giving that personal empowerment to these young kids and even these adults that would come and train to use the martial arts as just a, a sort of training lab on the deeper Internal arts of building strength from within. Awareness and health from within. uh, To learn to value yourself enough to defend yourself. That's a huge one. I should say something about that. A lot of times the reason why people are victims of crime and victims of attack and victims of assault and victims of these things is because either they're just afraid in those moments. They're not trained they're they're not as strong fine but also there's a, an element of if you don't really care about yourself why would you defend yourself you know what i mean and i think that fills in that feeds in well to their agenda is they're trying to take away your true care for yourself not the narcissistic brand okay we're not talking about that that's their game the true self care the authentic self care of who you really are as well as true authentic care for others which you can't have unless you first learn how to care for yourself it just makes sense right so they want to cut that off at the knees in the culture so that they've got a bunch of people wandering aimlessly around who have zero self-care knowledge or identity and so then they're just like yeah loot the place i don't care i could care less rob me blind turn me into a slave you know what i'd prefer it actually that's how you produce those kind of people. So the we just got to reverse engineer that and give people the foundations of what it is to be strong to uh, and 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 also bring back the great. We don't need to reinvent any of the stuff guys to to neutralize this. We've already had brilliant people that have already set it down, and we can just go back and look at it again and maybe upgrade it a little bit here and there. But the manual's already been written on how to defeat evil and how to defeat tyranny and how to defeat these cults. It's already been written. Um, We just got to go back and brush off the dust and start enacting these principles and starts with you, starts with your everyday life. And especially if you're a parent or you're a coach or a teacher, how can you positively influence these young kids you don't need to go and tell them about the big, dark, satanic agendas. You don't need to do that. You can just show them the opposite of that and tell them why it's more empowering and even more attractive than what this, these psychopaths are selling them on the media stage. Give them a replacement. Because otherwise, these young kids are going to look at you and be like, you're boring. <laughs> what? We're doing philosophy now? Uh, I don't want to do that. That's boring. I'm going to go watch Little Nas. You know what I mean? So we got to get better at uh, our media if we're going to win this culture war. So that's what I'm trying to do here, guys. Uh, without you, it's impossible. So thank you guys for your support. I'm going to be doing a lot more shows on this vein, uh, both here on Truth Warrior. We're also covering this a little bit on the Earth Chronicles. I'm doing with Josh. We do that every Wednesday at 12 Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, what else can I tell you? Yeah, I pretty much covered everything here. Um, Oh, let me just quickly announce this. Let me just uh, refresh this here. Just as I'm closing out, this show is not brought to you by Pfizer. This show is brought to you by Rise Attire, actually. And uh, they are my sponsor for my Cult of Medics program. And they just released a really killer line. Here's some of the images uh, to go along with the latest few chapters of the series. I think it looks amazing. I've, I've got mine... Coming soon in the mail as well. Um, so they're beautiful, well done. They're made by Freedom, Love, and Patriots. They're all made in the U.S., high quality, and it helps support the show. But are also really good conversation starters. And um, I think they just did a great job. So big thanks to Rise Attire. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for making these incredible works of art. I love them so much. And with that, guys, I'm going to let you go. Um, keep your chin up. Stay inspired live in the truth, don't live in fear, don't pass around the contagion of fear, try to enlighten people, empower people, lift people up, be empathetic, meet people where they're at, and um, speak the truth even if your voice shakes because we are in one of the biggest wars of our age, and I think this is for all the marbles, and I think we can win. Absolutely. But it all starts with you. So thanks for tuning in, guys. dwtruthwarrior.com is my website. If you want to watch Cult of the Medics, you can watch it for free, cultofthemedics.com. Oh, and really quick, right now, uh, Anarchapulco, the event is going on, and I believe I am, so my presentation is digital. I have a special presentation for Cult of the Medics that I'm doing um, that I'm later going to put up on Truth Warrior Premium, but uh, for now, you can go get it all over at Anarchapulco.com. And I think I'm on tonight. I think I'm on, I don't know what time, but the schedule is listed on the site if you want to go check it out. they they got some great speakers going on down there. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And I put something really unique together for them. So I hope that goes over well. Other than that, guys, I'll leave you be. Have a good one and I'll catch you next time. Cheers.